Good morning. Why don't you have your seats? It's my pleasure to welcome any visitors here this morning. It's awesome to have you here, whether you're visiting for the first time or seeing family on school holidays. And if you're watching on the live stream, welcome to our 9am service this morning. Um, as Vanessa said, I'm Bethany. Um, and excited to bring you a word today that I hope makes sense and isn't just gibberish. So I just want to pray before I start that it'd be all God's words and not my own. So God, I just thank you this morning, Father, that um, we would have open minds and open hearts to hear your voice this morning, Lord God, and that it's not my words today, Lord Jesus, but it's your truths being spoken. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, I want to share a word with you today about identity. It affects all of us and whether we care about it or not, what people think or say of us, we all have an opinion, I suppose, of ourselves or, yeah, some of us do have greater insecurities of what other people think of us and that can shape our lives, that can um, cause a lot of insecurities and um, if I was to ask, I suppose, myself or you guys um, to write down ways people see you, what do you think they would be? If someone was to sum you up in a sentence, how would they do that? Um, how are you seen from other people's perspectives? Or when asked to introduce yourself, what comes to mind? For myself, my answer could easily be pretty surface level. I'm a 31-year-old married woman with two and a half kids that are giving me grey hairs. I'm a nurse, I'm a pastor, I'm lazy with the washing, suck at gardening, love potato chips more than I should, but I absolutely adore and love people. It's really not who I am, is it? It's, it's what I do, but this covers what comes to mind when asked, um, if I was simply asked in a general conversation, um, I might not mention the potato chip love, but the rest I would. But um, it's not my passions, it's not my characteristics, it's definitely not who I was born to be. Um, it's just much more to do with um, my loves, I suppose or what I'm good and bad at, but it's not who God's called me to be. So the only reason that I want to recognise these things today, and I suppose ask you to have a think about them today, is how in, you know, in three words, if someone was to say, who are you? Or if, say, I asked my husband to sum me up in three words, what would those three words be? <laughs> Scary question. <laughs> but if you were to write them down, you can jot them down now if they come so easily to your mind but otherwise just have a think about them. Um, it's absolutely not what we want to think about and um, focus on today, but I do want us to recognise whether they're weaknesses, whether they're flaws, whether they're amazing attributes, um, so that we know what our core values are rooted in. Why we do what we do. Um, are we living from how other people see us as an earthly perspective or so paranoid about how others see us from this earthly perspective, or are we living, are they our core values rooted in how God sees us? So yeah, like I said, if they come super easy to you, write them down. But some people it's hard to think of. Our identity is shaped by these core values and what people think of us and or how we've been brought up, what we've experienced in life. Sometimes we go through a trauma or even as a kid they experience fear. They don't want to go back to that. It, it shapes or it protects, it starts to build these core values of how they live life, of who they are as a person. Um, and I do find that 
wherever those perspectives come from, ourselves or others, um, it does it hinders or launches us into our future. So your past, you can't you have to agree that our past has somewhat to do with how we live out our daily lives or our future. Like I said, it might affect our ability to perform. Um, it might be that our parents were very career driven and that's how you are. You're not this emotional connected person or it could be that unfortunately you had a bad upbringing with your parents and so fathering is a really hard thing for you or how you see for other men in your life because of how your father might have been to you. Um, that could affect male to male relationships as adults or you know your, your partners or your husbands or wives. It's how we relate, how we connect um, and only it has such a big thing to do with because it's all these little circumstances build up to be, it's not just our core values or beliefs, but our thoughts and behaviours we'll see in a minute turn into our core beliefs. They become our identity. And this may seem like a really simple thing that I'm saying, that, and you may all know it, but we aren't that self-aware of how we actually do what we do. And a lot of the time we just, <laughs> this is a stupid example, but... I may hang washing on the line how my mother hung washing on the line. Am I ever thinking about there's a better way to do it? No, like I'm not questioning that, but it's just how I've always seen it done um, or how they, you know, hang the socks upside down or <laughs> whatever it might be, you know, but it's just, it's who we are or it's what we've always done, but we're not self, we're not that self-aware as people unless you're, I don't know, going through some personal growth course to actually question these things, are we? So that's where I want us to stop right there today. I want us to ask ourselves that question. Am I am who I am or do what I do because of what God says I am or what other people or myself says about me? Alfred P. Gibbs says, unless there is within us, there should be a slide for this, thanks, um, something that which is above us, we will soon yield to what is around us. I'll say it again. Unless there is within us, Something that which is above us, a godly perspective, we will soon yield to everything around us. See, this incorrect or incomplete understanding of our identity often stems from an incorrect or incomplete understanding, you can go to the next slide, thanks, of our position in Christ. From this point, it's more about recognising what shapes us what we are missing out on in this God-given life as a Christian because of who we currently think we are. It's being able to have a greater influence of who God says about us than what than the world around us. Being influenced by how God sees us versus how the world would see us. Ephesians 1.5 says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. We've got a couple of points this morning about building these new core values that I want to touch on. Firstly, the Word of God. And we're going to see a lot of scriptures today affirming God's, who we are in God's identity. To be influenced greater by God, we need to get into his Word. Secondly, we need to ask the Holy Spirit about what lies we've believed in the past what, lie, what thoughts aren't true and what behaviours we may have seen that we want to follow that are lies about who people say we are and ask the Holy Spirit for his truth in those situations. 
We then need to meditate on these things daily on who he says we are. As I said, our core values and beliefs become who we are. What we think of ourselves becomes our behaviours and this shapes new values and beliefs. If these things are from our own or other people's perspective, that is how we behave and that is who we identify as. Gandhi, of all people, wrote this quote. Your beliefs become your thoughts. Your thoughts become your words. Your words become your actions. Your actions become your habits. Your habits become your values and your values become your destiny. See, as Christians, whether you know God this morning or whether you've known him for a long time, we don't um, quite often leave those past thoughts behind or who we've been brought up to be as soon as we are born again. It takes a lot of restructuring. And as I share this this morning, growing our identity is a huge journey in the walk of God. It's not just a you've prayed a prayer and um, everything you went through is gone. God can, can forgive, he can heal, but this who, learning who we are in him, that day we decide to become a new creation or born-again Christian is like being birthed again as a baby and learning everything again. But quite often we just bring in what we were and say, yes, I'm a born-again Christian, but we don't learn the new ways. We just adapt them into how we see them. We put them through the perspective that we've always seen ourselves. And I suppose I'm really passionate about this topic because we see so many people over the years, my parents are pastors, I've grown up in a church. And unless our foundation and who, who we are in God is strong, there is so much that can waver us. There are so many things when times come and go that would make us leave church, that would make us walk away from God, that would distract us or solely, we, we can't see God God all the time in things and we can easily walk away to something we can see and so I want to just keep I suppose shifting our focus this morning that what you've been through isn't wrong (laughs) because you can't change that but we do need to reshape and restructure. We started this devotion series um, at music called Worship Warfare and I'm really excited to see the rest of the messages And the teacher in it sort of shares about these insecurities. And yes, it's in a worship spotlight, but she sort of says, if we come into it with these insecurities, and in her mind, she's talking about it being on stage and leading a team and leading a church. But insecurities that we come in with are only highlighted when we get up in the spotlight or when we, like, so if I walk If I hopped up to worship lead not knowing who I was or was really unconfident, that's what comes across, not who, whereas if I step up and have affirmed myself in who God sees me or what he wants to do in that service that day, it's a very different transformation. And I suppose in a life aspect, we can walk through circumstances, we can go into situations, putting on facades, putting on masks and think nobody can see through it. But if not, in fact, you put yourself out in reality, in your job, in your day-to-day life, whatever it might be, in your school, and that's what's highlighted. It's, it's what's within us because we're constantly then only shaping ourselves or acting or behaving how we want other people to see us. There's a few people in the Bible 
that struggled exactly like we would today with who they were before they met God or even knowing God. Like I said, it's not something that as a pastor's daughter that I have perfect. I can get distracted. We can get, um, there's people in the Bible that knew Jesus from the start. And then there's people in the Bible that met Jesus along the way. And there's still insecurities that come up and we still live life how other people see us. So we're going to start with Moses this morning. And just to recap, I won't go through all the scriptures, but Moses was born in a basket and shipped down a river, leaving his, who he was born into, the Israelites, into Egyptian hands. He grew up thinking he was an Egyptian. He grew up thinking he's one thing that he wasn't. God created him as an Israelite and he had a lack of confidence in who God had called him to be as an adult. He went through this huge journey as an Egyptian. He ran away. He, he saw his actual people, the Israelites, in slavery and, could not, and was drawn to something. He knew something was wrong. But then when God, you know, he ran away from that, he started a different life. And then when God called him back to his calling, I suppose, the vision God had for him, he constantly questioned God. Why me, God? I can't talk to Pharaoh. Who am I to stand up to him? He lacked the confidence. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Like public speaking for one. (laughs) Um, But despite his recorded struggles with his identity, he's a man who finally embraces his God-given identity despite what his upbringing led him to believe. He had to restructure this thinking, restructure this identity and go, who have you called me to be God? I think it's a pretty serious one because Moses was actually born you know, into, it's like us, I suppose, is we and, and people that don't know Jesus, is they're born into the, into the family of God and they don't know it yet, you know. The next one we want to look at is Saul, also known as Paul. Saul was, again, born as this one person. He was born as Saul. He grew up as Saul. He bullied Christians as Saul. And I believe with a little bit of license that that was, you know, why do bullies bully? It's normally because of internal um, insecurities in themselves. Whether that be Saul's upbringing, his life, maybe he was this independent teenager where he didn't even know, his parents didn't even know where he was and um, rebelling and whatever else and he saw it fit and his job to crucify and bully other Christians. And um, yeah, like I said, I believe it was of not knowing who he was actually called to be. He was lost. From that moment on that God encountered, if you don't know the story, Saul was walking along a road, heading to persecute more Christians, and God blinded him by a light. And Saul changed direction. He was transformed and began to embrace his true identity with a new name, Paul. Instead of being defined by earthly perspective, he began to be defined by God. Peter, Peter was someone who came into the picture when Jesus was on earth, was called from being a fisherman of men, uh, sorry, a fisherman of fish, to being a fisherman of men. He was at Jesus' right side. And this is where I'm speaking to myself today as well. I can be a pastor. I can serve alongside godly men and women. It doesn't mean you're not going to be distracted or lose focus or be drawn from an earthly perspective of how other, like, 
we have an enemy in this world. We have insecurities. We have people trying to pull us down as the enemy's way of us sidetracking. He left his possessions of fishing, profession of fishing, to follow Jesus, to fish men. He was at Jesus' right side and still loses focus from how God has called him to be. God is right by his side. I'm pretty sure he would have spent 24 hours a day with Jesus. But he, and hearing all these truths, but this is why it's so important to constantly relay them in our lives. He was pressured by others as soon as he stepped away from Jesus. He was worried about their view of him over what God thought of him. He loses sight of his greatest calling when he, as predicted, rebukes and denies Jesus three times. The last one I want to look at this morning is Ruth. Ruth was like me and you, growing up, met somebody, married, followed her family to his part of town, (laughs) and then unfortunately lost everything. Whether you've been through actual physical loss yourself or a divorce, a change of life, whatever it might be, disappointments and trials, God gave Ruth a new inheritance and a new legacy. The past that she'd been through, the old way of thinking needed to be reshaped. And he promised her a new inheritance. He gave her a second chance. She met another person and was able to start a new life. I'm sharing these people because all along our journey, we're discovering our identity in God. We regularly have to practice and meditate, as I said, in the word of God and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal the lies. And then we need to meditate on them regularly. It does not matter where we've come from. What life has dealt you, God can give you a prosperous future. The next few slides are a lot of scriptures affirming who we are in God. I encourage you to take photos of these. I don't think you'll be able to write them down quick enough, but you can surprise me. Um, But I do want you to pick and focus in on them, the ones that you need to hear and repeat more often. More than happy to send you these, having I, you know, I've spent the time looking them up, but there are thousands more in the Bible, hundreds more, I don't know. I know there's a lot more. I couldn't write them all down. And I want us to repeat them to ourselves regularly. It's not just a nice word I want you to hear over yourself today. I want us to go away from this morning's service, reshaping, recultivating who we are in Him. Whether we know it already, we have a self-confidence in who we are in God. I daily need to remind myself what He says about me. We need to shape godly core beliefs, change the old ones. And as I read with that quote with Gandhi, our thoughts the ones we're having regularly daily will become our behaviours and our actions and become our new identity. So if we're not affirming ourselves with what God says, that identity stays as who we think we are in him, but not actually who he says we are. Let's shape new ones today, church. I want to read them over you. I will go quickly, but I'll repeat them in prayer at the end. These are some godly core values in the scriptures. I am favoured. I am loved by God. I am not controlled by fear. I am prosperous. I am special and holy. I am empowered and I am strengthened. We overcome. I have authority. 
I am a friend of God. I have power through God. I have great character. I am loved. God likes me. I am a child of God. I am valuable to God. God uses my brokenness for good. God will take care of me. I am heard by him. And everything I am and do is because of his grace. I know that's quick and I'm going to invite the music team up this morning, but it's because I want to spend some time speaking over these things again over you this morning in prayer. See, like I said, when we become a born-again Christian, we are accepting God's core values and core beliefs as our new identity. But it takes the daily reminder of who we are and who he says we are. We, actively, we actually actively have to position ourselves to learn them, to think them and to know what God says about us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things he planned for us long ago. I'm just going to go back to that Gandhi quote because I suppose I want us to realise this morning that every little thought that we think becomes your words. How we talk become our actions how we behave from these actions become our habits and our habits become our values your values become your destiny who we think we are will transform our future good or bad if we can embrace what God says about us and constantly remind us of them We have a powerful future. Why don't we stand this morning? We're going to read a prayer together. If you don't know Jesus this morning, if you don't know this God that's called you by name, a new name and has a new identity waiting for you, I want to chat to you after the service and say this prayer with you today. We're all going to say it. Let's start. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Whether you're here in this room today or watching on the live stream, please get in touch. Message the One Heart um, Church Facebook or email. Because this new born again, this birthing into Christ means that you have a new identity in Him today. All of those values, all of those core beliefs that I read out from His Scripture is who you are in Christ. And I want to be able to encourage you in that. I want to walk with you in that and affirm them with you today. The next thing I want to pray for. Did I speak really quick or am I just don't have much to say? It's really early. I want to pray. I want to be able to pray these things over us, and take the moment when I can find them. Why don't you bow your heads, close your eyes, and I just want to speak these things over you this morning. These core beliefs, 
pray that this new identity, whether you've been a Christian for a long time, that this would be affirming to you. Maybe there's one that stands out to you more than another. But can we learn together to reposition ourselves in our Christian walk to learn who God says about who God says we are and not what our past or who people say we are. So God, right now I just thank you, Father. We are here ready to receive, Lord, who you say we are. Lord Jesus, right now I just pray everybody in this room, Lord God, would be able to hear these words, these scriptures, and receive them as who they are. It's not an arrogance, it's not a pridefulness, Lord Jesus, that they have great character, but it's because they're made in your image, God. Father, I thank you where there's doubt right now in this room, where there's fear, where there's shame holding people back from believing these truths over them, Lord God. Holy Spirit, would you rebuke those lies? Would you clear those lies? You promised us in your word, Lord Father, that you wipe us clean as snow. And I just thank you, Father, that because of what you did on the cross, Lord God, we can stand in our new identity today, regardless. Right now, I just feel like there's someone here that keeps thinking that thought, but it can't be for me. I've done too much. God can never forgive everything I've done. And half of it wasn't, or none of it was your fault, it's your upbringing. You know, it's the environment you were in as a child that's led you to believe who you are today in, in this world and it's how you live your life. And I, like I said, I'm passionate about you, seeing you freed from that today because it's not who God says you are. You are not a waste of time. You are not useless or invaluable to this world. Your brokenness is not who you are. And God wants to heal your hearts this morning. With all head bowed and eyes closed, just listen to these words. You are favoured. This morning you are loved by God. You are not controlled by the fear that's been holding you back. You are prosperous. God does have plans for you. You are special and you are holy. You are empowered and you are strengthened. You have authority over whatever the devil tries to bring your way. You are a friend of God. You have power through Him today. You are made in His image and you have great character. You are loved by Him. God likes you. You are a child of God. I am valuable to Him. God uses your brokenness. God will take care of you. You are heard by Him this morning. Everything we do, Lord, everything I am right now, everything I do from this moment forward, God, is because of Your grace. 
And we receive that right now, Lord. We receive these truths, Father. God, we just receive the love that you pour out. I'm just gonna take a minute longer for these words to sink in for people that needed to hear them. God, we thank you that we are made in your image, Lord. And as Ephesians said, we are your masterpiece, God. You created us anew today. And we are called to do the good things that you planned for us. Thank you, Jesus. We're just going to finish by singing, I speak Jesus. I want them to sink in his truths today. That we can speak Jesus over those circumstances that we might be troubling to see him in. His name has power this morning. And you are a powerful, born again child of God. Amen. Thank you, church. Why don't we?